The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal back in the ESPN Lincoln Studios as uh, back from Denver, back from my trip. And I am now swapping places with Schmitty. Schmitty is now uh, on the road or, or should I say on the tarmac on the way down to Arizona. He'll be back next Wednesday. And this is our uh, actually, our last show of the week here, we are going to have a Saturday morning edition coming up for our local listeners on ESPN Lincoln, but we'll be off the next couple days due to uh, NCAA tournament coverage, so we're going to get you geared up for that today, as well as some thoughts on Husker baseball. The Husker women are going to be in action on Friday. We'll uh, talk uh, about the uh, Husker women as well. I'm uh, joined here in the studio by a man you've been listening to the past couple days, Will Wilson, who has done a uh, great job filling in for me. Really appreciate you, Will, stepping up, hey. filling in. I mean, you're filling in for me yesterday and Monday. Now you're technically filling in for Schmitty today. So, Will Wilson, Hail Varsity Radio, uh, pat of the back on the week. I guess you're the star of the week, Will Wilson, yeah. uh, joining us here uh, for Thank Hail you. Varsity Thank Radio. You. Glad to be back. And can I get a day off? I mean, is that too hard to ask? I mean, what, what, what do I need to do around here to get that, Elijah? Work harder. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Hey, I'm filling in for you. What next week? No, you are, and I'm happy. To, I always love filling in on Hail Varsity. Uh, you guys do a great job in the afternoons, and uh, happy, happy to be here. And I'm very happy because I just heard uh, Christine Lisi, uh, a class act here on. Our ESPN National Airwaves tell us that Zach Greenkey is back in Kansas City on a one-year deal. You hear that? Uh, I did hear that. I'm going to have to defer to you because I know we do have a lot of Royals fans that listen. And uh, speaking of the Royals, uh, we do have a chance for you to win some Kansas City Royals tickets over the next month or so. We have ESPN Lincoln's Picks for Prizes. You can go visit ESPNLincoln.com and go get your bracket submitted as uh, we're going to be hanging out at Longwell's the next couple days, and they're helping us uh, put on this Picks for Prizes uh, online event as uh, you go enter in your bracket. The winners uh, chance at, let's see, Ario Speedwagon tickets, uh, Kansas City Royals tickets. What am I forgetting here? Monster Jam tickets. Uh, gift cards, you know, car wash gift cards. And the uh, ultimate- restaurant gift cards. There's just so many yeah. things for you for, uh, for chances to win. You'd be dumb to not go into your bracket. Uh, you can go get the link on ESPNLincoln.com and make your picks. Picks for prizes. I know Will's got a bracket in there. I've got a bracket in there. Hooksy's got a bracket in there. I think Schmitty may have a bracket in there. He should have a bracket in there. I, I think it's so. If not, we're going to have to tell him to put one in. But that, that thing is growing uh, by the second. Over, over 50 brackets in that thing right now. So uh, get yours in if you haven't done so yet. Yeah, we're hoping for uh, over 100 by the time the, uh, the tournament gets 
kicked off tomorrow at 11 a.m. And uh, as we were mentioning before, no Hail Varsity shows uh, tomorrow or Friday as we're going to be carrying uh, for our local listeners NCAA tournament coverage. And uh, we're going to be down at Longwell's actually down in the Haymarket. So if uh, you want to come say hi to Will, myself, uh, Hooksy, uh, so many options for uh, for you to come down and come talk to us, come hang out, get some drinks, watch some NCAA tournament, get out of work, and uh, come hang out with us instead of uh, listening to Hail Varsity on your, your Thursdays or Fridays. That's where we'll be the next couple days, so feel free to come join us. Yeah, and like I said, the Royals tickets, those things are getting more valuable by the second with, uh, like I said, Zach Greinke coming back. That, that star, I'm telling you, that starting rotation is different, and it's better. It's not bad for a Kansas City team. You got Amir Garrett, who, by the way, they traded for this morning. They gave away Mike Miner, which was the best decision this team could have made. And they give they give they get Amir Garrett back. It, the trade didn't seem to make much sense to me for from a Reds point of view. Well, they got some cash. I, I guarantee you they got some some good cash uh, for that. But Amir Garrett, yeah, we get him. I mean, the, Garrett's contract maybe iffy. Who knows? Singer, Brady Singer, Chris Bubich, Carlos Hernandez, who has last year showed a lot of. Uh, ability to be good. I'll throw Brad Keller in there, even though every Royal fan probably wouldn't want him on the roster. And then throw Zach Greinke in there. I'm telling you, that rotation is not bad uh, for what we've been seeing in Kansas City. They upped that pitching staff. That's what I wanted them to do. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, as for the Rockies, they're uh, still terrible. Losing their best player in Trevor Story. I don't want to talk about the Rockies. Uh, I know we talked a lot about uh, Randy Gregory on the show yesterday going off and joining the Broncos. That's great. Uh, I did see that uh, the Broncos, as of this morning, this is before the the Chandler Jones news to the Raiders broke, the Broncos were plus 150 to win the AFC West, which seems like steep odds. I'm not sure if I'll be making a play there. We'll have to talk with uh, Danny Burke about that, as uh, Danny Burke will be joining us here at 440. I don't think we'll actually talk any Broncos today. We have too much NCAA tournament coverage uh, to, to discuss with him. So uh, we're going to get his picks for Thursday and Friday. Danny Burke coming up here in about 30 minutes. 440 is when he'll be joining us. But before we get to Danny Burke, we'll have uh, Mike Babcock as uh, Babbers will be joining us talking some Husker baseball. The Huskers currently in action uh, against New Mexico State. They're down uh, at the last check. So uh, we'll have to get a final score update from Babbers and talk about the weekend that was for Husker baseball. Babbers joining us here in a little over 10 minutes. And then coming up in hour two, we'll have Bill Dolman, uh, the pride of Fairbury joining us at 5.05, leading off hour two as we're going to talk about uh, some of the, I mean, just some of the main talking points for the week. Uh, as, uh, we had Casey Thompson, Garrett Nelson, uh, Frost and Shenander all joined, busting with the boys. And we got some pretty interesting insight from them. So going to get some thoughts on uh, what went down there with Bill Dolman in that 525. Steve Merrick's going to join us from Hale Varsity as uh, Husker Baseball uh, more discussions with him, and we'll be talking some Husker women's basketball as the Husker women are going to be in action on Friday against Gonzaga. Uh, we talked with Andy Markowski yesterday to lead off hour two. We'll be talking with Steve at about 525 days. We get his thoughts on the matchup for the Husker women. I'm going to talk a little bit about that eight seed. Is there any disrespect there? And then uh, we'll be capping things off to end hour two with a jock doc with Dr. Brandon Seifert from Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Uh, that's all coming up in hour two. But Willie, we're going to start this here. Will is uh, you okay back there? No, oh, yeah, I was just thinking about sh- shutting the blinds for you because I know it gets blinding in there. Oh, we're good, we're All good. Right. I'm, a, I'm a pro. Schmitty never shuts the blinds for me anyway. He he likes to toughen me up. Oh, he shuts them for me. <laughs> he shut up for me yesterday. Does that mean he thinks I'm a wussy? Is that what it is? Yeah, well, um, I, I think it's just uh, you you were a guest, you know, a guest in the studio, okay. so he was he was taking care of you. But well, I, I want to start this off here. I was sitting at home this morning and I was realizing that I probably only have. 40, 50 chances in my life to, to get a perfect bracket. 
Yeah, I know. It's it's. It, I'm feeling a little bit under the gun here whenever I'm making my picks because I'm trying to be perfect. And no. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's. If anybody in the world is going to get a perfect bracket, it's going to be me. That's that's what I've decided. Wow. I have not won a bracket pool ever. Never once won it. I've gotten close. So I'm thinking if anybody's going to get it, it's me. <laughs> the more um, you know about NCAA basketball, the worse you do. I don't know. So this year I tried to really keep myself uh, in the dark on NCAA basketball up until like the last two weeks to, to help myself out with my brackets. I think this is the year I do it. But if not, I'm, I'm only 40 to 50 more chances. Like I, that's, that's worse. You think 50 more? You think you're only going to live to around 70? I think we I think we got a few more years. But I, I guess, yeah. And the, with, question with is, the question is if we're going to see a uh, perfect bracket before we die. That's what I want to know. Not just you, but are we going to see one? I don't know. I don't know. We Like you said, we've got maybe 50 years left. I, I don't know if we see one. But I don't know why you're so confident that you're going to get one. That's kind of a weird thing to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm kidding here. Well, I, I don't think you should definitely be trying either. Like I said, I, you know, have fun with it. No way you're going to get a perfect bracket. Odds are if you just mess around, you'll get a perfect bracket. I don't know. I'm not trying hard. I filled out one bracket. It's in there. You could see it. I picked no teams that Nebraska beat. You know, I, I, I'm going with my heart. Got South Dakota State in the Sweet 16. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, honestly. Are you surprised that at this point in 2022 we have still yet to see a perfect bracket, or at least an officially verified perfect bracket? Some people no. claim to have a perfect bracket, but then you hear, oh, well, there's a pretty good chance that this person has filled it out after the fact. And no, I don't yeah. think it's happening. It's not going to happen. People have claimed, but no one's actually had the, an officially verified perfect. It's got to happen. No, it's not going to. The odds, you've seen the odds. Like, you're a math guy. You believe in the odds. Okay, the odds say it's, yeah, they're incredible. It's not going to happen. I don't think it will. But how, it many, does, but how many people something. fill out a bracket every single year, stacked it upon year upon year upon year? You're getting into the, the billions of people that, are, that will fill out a perfect bracket, or that will fill out a bracket. you got to think one of them at some point is going to be perfect. Mm, I don't know, man. I, I think we would have seen one by now, and there's never been one. But the thing is... is Has there been? No, no, there's never been one, no. No, I mean, the odds are one in... That's a big number. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's insane. <laughs> it's never going to happen, Elijah. It's never going to happen. All you can do is just hope to get an 80% and take home 500 bucks from your friends. What's what's the number bigger than trillion? Uh, quintillion? I don't know. Because we're, we're, we're talking bigger than trillion. Yeah. I, I think everyone's aware of how big these, these odds are. But Bigger than tw- trillion is quadrillion, which sounds like a made-up number. And it's bigger than that. Sextillion. One in nine sextillion. Yeah, see, you have a better chance of becoming the president or winning the lottery and all that. So, yeah, Elijah, I I wouldn't count on it, but hey, man, you never know. If you get a perfect bracket before you or I die, I will, you know, donate money to your charity. All right? Let's let's bring it all back. Let's uh, get your chance to enter in your perfect bracket, ESPNLincoln.com. Picks for prizes. Just reset that one more time. Uh, go visit ESPNLincoln.com. Make your picks, your chance at a perfect bracket. If you fill out a perfect bracket, I will give you an autograph. I don't know. I, 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 no, no, I mean, you'll, you'll, definitely, you'll definitely get your prizes, but I feel like if you get a perfect bracket on ESPNLincoln.com, you need something extra. Well, it helps us big time, okay? If uh, somebody gets a perfect bracket in our pool, uh, that is that is big publicity right there. We are going up, 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 up <laughs> if that happens. So That's true. So make your picks, ESPNLincoln.com, and come visit us down at Longwells. That's where we'll be while Schmitty is on vacation. But we'll, where I want to finish this segment, we've we've kind of gone off in the weeds here talking NCAA tournament. If you can't tell, I'm really excited. You are, yeah. It feels like Christmas Eve to me just because, I mean, even the rest of the NCAA tournament's not that huge to me. It's the first weekend where it's just all-day basketball. That's just – it's beautiful. 
especially whenever you get to come hang out with us at, at Longwell's. We're just going to go hang out there all day. That's going to be awesome. Drink some beers, watch some basketball. It doesn't get any better than that on a Thursday or a Friday. I'm super excited for that. I, I feel like a, a kid on Christmas morning, maybe kid on Christmas Eve, whatever you want to call it. I'm super excited, uh, and that's where I want to start the show. But I, I do want to get into some Husker football talk here. As uh, We've talked a little bit this week about the uh, the Bustin' with the Boys interviews um, as uh, Taylor Lewan, Will Compton, great dude, sat down with Casey Thompson, Garrett Nelson, and the coaches, Scott Frost and Eric Shenander. And there was one question that really stuck out to me from that coach's interview. And it was a fun question. I liked it. They asked Coach Frost, of any of the Big Ten head coaches, who do you think you could beat up in a fight? And who could beat you up in a fight? And Scott totally danced around the whole thing, essentially saying, like, oh, man, like, they all got some scrap in them. I don't like my other. He was trying to be respectful to everybody. I get it. You don't want to add any message board material for the coaching staff whenever Nebraska week rolls around you go things get taken out of hand quick all right guy like Scott Frost said on a podcast that he thinks he he could beat me up so we're gonna go late to Nebraska this week Scott Frost did not want to give anything to these coaches I understand it I support it actually good answer from coach Frost that being said we're gonna discuss it Will with uh, the four minutes left we have we have this segment first I want to pose the question to you I mean Scott Frost former NFL guy Heisman candidate back in the day great athlete you look at the coaches in the big 10 and I, I look at most of them there's there's a, a few exceptions but for the most part most of them are old out of shape looking and like i, I like scott frost odds maybe we need like a, um, a i do too a, a, a throwdown for all these big 10 coaches i'd, I'd, I'd pay big pay-per-view for that i think it, a lot of people would um but a lot of these guys would probably die after as well and like kirk ferentz would get through that okay uh but just, yeah my answer is quick i think scott frost would beat every single Big Ten coach in a fight, and I'm not. Oh. I'm not just saying that. Seriously, I'm not. I mean, Jim Harbaugh he'd kick, kick his butt. I mean, you said you said Mel Tucker would give him some action. No, Mel Tucker's slow. I think I think the faster fighter wins, and I think Frost can be kind of quick on the feet here. I mean, obviously Kirk, he takes down Kirk. Paul Christ up in Wisconsin, not not even a fight. Brett Bielema, it'd probably be a good fight to watch. Frost would probably get out of it because Bielema would pass out. Uh, Franklin, let's be real. Franklin doesn't know how to fight. P.J. Fleck, he'd run out of there and wouldn't even stay for the fight. Pat Fitzgerald, Pat would probably just shake Frost's hand and say, hey, Frost, you know, good job. Don't punch me. The fight's yours. And uh, Jeff Brom, is he even the coach at Purdue still? Is he? Um, yeah. yeah. I think I think, I think think Frost beats them all in a fight. What about Bielema? Biel- yeah, I, I mentioned Bielema would Biel- probably pass Biel- out. Bielema's the intriguing one to me, though, because I look at his, his height and his size, and he could be one of those wrestling guys. I mean, well, it depends on how much cardio he does. That's, that's what I'm looking at. If he doesn't do – if the cardio levels are down, he's not going to uh, have much conditioning for that fight, and Frost is going to kick him within the first minute. Oh. And not being honest here, like, I'm not trying to be funny. I do think Frost would, uh, like, I mean, would take them all down. I'm looking at the people here who like, don't stand a chance. Tom Allen from Indiana probably doesn't stand a chance. Kirk Ferentz is pretty old. I don't know. He's probably got that that old man strength that, that would be surprising you. But Kirk is. I mean, he's he's on the what the the, the late later edge of sixties. He's in his oh, early seventies yeah, now. He's, he's up there. He's up there. And yeah. and Scott Frost talks about Harbaugh saying, "Oh, he's a former NFL guy. He's crazy. He's, he's like sixty six. Kirk is. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but like it, it just from age to. I mean, you look at Scott Frost. He still works out. I'm, I'm liking. I'm liking Scott's odds, but I don't want to reverse the question and put it on to you. Okay. Who would beat you up in a fight of those Big Ten coaches? We'll, oh. we'll, we'll, we'll take Scott Frost out. I think all of them would. Yeah. I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm not a fighter. I've never taken kickboxing classes like everybody did for a few months in this town. Um, but 
No, I, I'd, I'd get beat up by all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. even, even through your experience as a bouncer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't help as much as you think, trust me. Trust me. You don't see much uh, fist-to-fist action in that job that, that you would imagine. But, no, yeah, I, I would not be successful. What about you, Mr. Football Player, Mr. Tall Guy? I, uh, I don't like my odds against any of them. Maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe Brom. Brom doesn't look like a tough guy. Even Ferentz, I think, would probably get me, you know. It'd be like that scene from Happy Gilmore <laughs> when Bob Barker I'd beats up Happy Gilmore. It would be like that. Well, we have uh, gone off the deep end here in the first segment. That was a fun segment, yeah, though, to, to open the show here, just uh, get things going as uh, we're going to get a little bit more into the nitty-gritty of things coming up here for the rest of the show. Open it light, and then we'll get into the real stuff as we've got Mike Babcock coming up after the break talking some Husker baseball. Excited to get caught up with Babbers. He always brings the juice on Wednesdays. Babbers up next after the break, followed by Burke's Best Bets with Danny Burke getting your betting uh, preview set up for the NCAA tournament this weekend. Then coming up an hour or two, Bill Dolman, Steve Mark, and a jock doc. That's all coming your way here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Pulling through a Wednesday here. Almost feels like a Friday, the last show of the week before we talk to you again on Saturday. It's Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson filling in today for Chris Schmidt, who is uh, off on the tarmac, ready to go down to Arizona. He's getting some golf in, getting some sun, and he's going to come back looking like a Greek god, I am sure. Schmitty, uh, wishing him the best down in Arizona, getting a much-deserved break as uh, we're going to be filling in today before uh, some NCAA tournament coverage coming your way on a Thursday and Friday. And we're excited now to welcome in Mike Babcock, Husker historian, author for Hale Varsity Magazine, and uh, does a great job covering Husker baseball. We talk a little Husker baseball with Mike every single week. And, and Mike, the most recent update we have from this Husker baseball team is they're showing grit yet again. We, we saw that on Monday against uh, Omaha. Uh, we saw them come out and, and really spank New Mexico State yesterday. And then today, uh, down headed into the ninth inning, Huskers tied up, winning run on third. Do we, do, is there any sort of update on what has happened there? I mean, this Husker baseball team is just, I mean, it almost seems like they turned a corner. Yeah, um, no, you know, the starting pitcher uh, for New Mexico State, the Huskers only got one hit off him. Uh, and they took him out, and the Huskers scrapped back, like you said, gritty. Um, but the last thing I saw was uh, uh, still a runner at third. Well, that was tied up. I'm seeing the update right now. Cervantes uh, does it. He singles to right, and Nebraska wins it. Oh, there you go. You know, that's uh, Cervantes kind of struggled at the plate last season, and that, that's good to hear. Um, he's he's hitting a little better than he than he did a year ago, but yeah, there there's a you know there's a great uh, overcome the error you know that uh, puts you in that situation and and uh, get the job done. That's good. 
Well, Mike, I, I want to take us back to, to Sunday for the game one against uh, Nebraska-Omaha. It was a real gut punch for this Husker baseball team. and I mean, it almost felt like just a, a low point. As a Husker fan, I was in Denver watching the game, staying updated on Twitter, and there's the gut punch. The Huskers lose to Omaha, and it just was like, man, maybe we overhyped this baseball team coming into this season. It just did not seem like they were, were firing on all cylinders, uh, to say the least. Uh, and then... Monday rolls around. They're down most of the game against UNO, but they show that grit. And uh, Will Bolt talked about a, uh, a players meeting after the game on Sunday. Uh, and it, it feels like this Husker baseball team has been playing it differently since they lost to, to Omaha on Sunday. So I want to get your take on that. Do you see something different in this Husker baseball team since that game? Well, you know, for me, it's hard, it's hard to say because, because you have a good – you have a mix of young players that are just getting the feel for the game. And, you know, you had to replace two of your weekend starters. And it's just, it's a process. And I think that, you know, we, we got so excited about how the, the team played last season um, that I think that that carried over into the expectation for this season when you look at the guys that they lost, you know, um, Schwellenbach and Hallmark and Roscombe and the, and the, uh, the two uh, weekend starters, Roach and, Whatever it it just it's difficult to replace those guys and maintain those expectations as as you're learning like it's a process and you know it hasn't looked great uh, during the non-conference season to this point but it's good that they got home it's good that they re- rebounded from that loss to Omaha um, you know that's the thing that uh, yeah, I think. What magnifies it, of course, is that you know you're 50 miles apart or whatever, and it's it's a state university, the same uh, that that you're playing, and so that magnifies it when you when you don't win against a team like that. Um, doesn't mean that that team isn't isn't good or you know doesn't have the capability. Um, Omaha had stepped up, had a losing record just like Nebraska, but had beaten UCLA um, in a midweek game, had beaten Creighton. I think just before they played Nebraska, so um, the potential there uh, for for Omaha and Nebraska is a work in progress, I think. But you know what you said, uh, Elijah, is is you know the, the way I feel about it is, is kind of the same way. It, it just it's not quite what I expected going into this season. But then I look at it and I and I see that there are a lot of things that have to happen, and uh, the expectations, are, you know, are, are probably magnified by the fact that men's basketball struggled a little bit, football team struggled a little bit, and now it's like here, uh, from a men's sports standpoint, baseball, all the expectations were there, and then there's frustration at the beginning of the season. We're talking to Mike Babcock. And, Mike, we're kind of getting some more details out of this win. If you're just joining us, Nebraska walks off in the ninth. Uh, they beat New Mexico State 6-5. to five, And this is according to Chris Bazinet, Mike. Uh, apparently, uh, Cervantes, who hit that uh, walk-off single, kind of took some time running up the uh, running up the line, and he uh, waved at the New Mexico State dugout. And oh, no. apparently things got chippy, and Bolt had to run over there and kind of calm things down. Give me your thoughts on that situation. No, I'm not. You know, obviously I didn't see it, but I, I'm I'm not happy about that that part of it. You know, I, and I, and it's I saw it. You know, the other day, I guess you see it when it happens. It's just a team thing. But somebody doubled. You know, you get to second base and you start 
you do this little dance when you get to second base and look into the dugout and everybody cheers. Yeah. And you're behind. And it's like, you know, why are you doing these things? You know, just just play ball. Just yeah. do it the right way. And uh, you get a walk-off base hit, do it the right way. Just, you know, run down to first base and then go celebrate with your teammates. Don't Don't be pointing fingers. Don't be trying to agitate the opposition or anything. You know, it's just it's the same way with the discussion on sportsmanship and, and you know, the line thing after a basketball games. You know, there's talk that let's get rid of that. Um, I know I'm old and I see things in a different way, but I think that, you know, sportsmanship is part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to accept that in, in my point of view, but, you know, apparently the, the days are different, you know, the, the the game has passed me by in that sense that you do things that uh, you didn't do before. So, Mike, I mean, I'm definitely getting the, the sense that you're a baseball traditionalist here, but, I mean, you, you see guys do things almost like that in other sports. You got guys staring down benches after hitting a three-point shot in basketball. You got uh, football teams, you run over a guy in the field, you, you stand over him, you, you look down at him just a little bit. And I, I know we saw the NFL try to phase it out a little bit this season, but you don't like a guy trying to, to fire up his team by you know trying to get under the other team's skin just a little bit? I mean, I, I know there, there's multiple ways to see it, and I, as a, as a baseball umpire, try to stay out of that for the most part unless it's reaching a point where we're going to have some confrontation on the field. But, yeah, I, I'm getting the sense you don't like it, but the game moving that way, if it's giving the Husker baseball team life, you still don't like it? Um, you know, I don't. I don't like that part of it. I don't like taunting in any any way, shape, or form. But I have to understand it's entertain. Ultimately, it's entertainment, right? I mean, you're talking about uh, NBA guys doing things when they make a three point shot, or you know, uh, the quarterback kind of, or, or get a sack and you yeah. dance around there and whatever. Mm-hmm. And to me, again, it's a function of age. I'm sure is I like to see a professional in the professional situation or in a collegiate situation. Now you can almost say professional because some of these some of these kids are NIL or making pretty good money. Um, uh, just go about it as that's what you're supposed to do. You know, when you make a sack, that's what you're supposed to do. You're you're doing what you you're put on the field to do or you're what you know the on the ball court or the baseball field or whatever. That's what you're supposed to do. So don't be making a big deal out of it in, in that sense. Um, don't be patting yourself on the back because other people will appreciate it and uh, you'll get your recognition in that way. Don't try to, again, I, I, don't, I don't like belittling the opposition um, to try to get you going. I, I think you, you focus on yourself and do what you, what you do best and uh, let that speak for itself. We're talking to Mike Babcock, and Mike, coming up here in a few home games, we got bobblehead giveaway night. Now, I know, they, <laughs> I know they've done Jabba Chamberlain. I know they've done Alex Gordon. In your book, who needs to be the next bobblehead given away? My vote has to go to Ken Harvey. Ken Harvey would be a good one. Ken Harvey would be a good one. Um, Steve Stanisek would be a good one. He was a, he was a pretty good ball player back in the day. But uh, yeah, I think Ken Harvey would be would be my next choice as well. Um, there have been some some outstanding uh, players at Nebraska. Obviously, um, Brian Dunsing made the big leagues. Um, Tony Watson made the big leagues. He's still pitching in the big leagues, I think. Yep. Um, 
Uh, but but I, yeah, I'm going to go with you. I'm I'm going to go with Ken Harvey. Has Darren Erstad has had a bobblehead yet? Oh, good question. I'm sure he has. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. But but uh, if not, well, you no, know, Nebraska probably didn't do it because he came back as coach, and you probably wouldn't do it while while he was coaching. That's true. So you probably wait for a, for an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I, uh, at at some point he would he would be, but there's probably some kind of a time frame that you have to consider. So. Uh, we're going with Ken Harvey for for now, and then Darren Erstad, and then uh, you know maybe Brian Dunsinger, Tony Watson, or um, one of those guys, Zach Kroenke, mm-hmm. Steve Stasek. I'm, I'm a big Stano guy. So, Mike, before we get you out of here, I want to look at the uh, the Big Ten baseball conference as a whole because one of the surprises of the year so far has been Purdue they haven't lost a oh, game yet they're at 15 wow. and 0 Maryland's at 13 and 3 Rutgers is at 12 and 3 a lot of teams you weren't really expecting to be at the top of the conference are right now is it too early to, to look into those uh, just because it's still non-conference or are we starting to, to get nervous here when you start looking at some of those teams that you weren't expecting to be good that look really great to start this season well you know they built some momentum but that's part of the thing is in college baseball you got to look at the non-conference schedule and see what what these teams, you know, who they're playing um, to really get a good feel. But man, when you're when you're doing what Purdue's doing, you're building up some momentum um, and confidence and the kinds of uh, you know difficult to see things that are going to carry you through when you get to a conference play. So that would be the biggest concern for me is just. The momentum and the mindset, you know, feeling that things were going to go right for you and expectations that they will. And that's the thing that is discouraging from a standpoint for Nebraska. You know, right now you got a losing record or whatever. Um, is it getting those guys into the mindset, a confidence thing? Like Drew Cristo today didn't even last for the first inning. And I think, you know, he's a young guy and his confidence can't be that great right now and you know how do you get that turned around so that uh, we know he's talent um and he's got a a, a great fastball or whatever um, but you've got there are all other things that go into pitching in the in the big 10 and you know is it going to take some time for him it's going to take more time now because i'm sure that the mindset is just not there but that's the thing that you know, you build a momentum when these teams are playing the way they are, regardless of who they're playing. But I think you have to take that into consideration. Mike Babcock's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Mike, appreciate the time today, and good luck on your bracket this weekend. Hey, thanks a lot. I need your autograph, so. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Mike. Thanks. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back in, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal alongside Will Wilson as we get you set for the NCAA tournament uh, beginning tomorrow. And uh, we're going to be down at Longwell's. No show tomorrow, uh, but you can come visit me and Will down at Longwell's all day. We'll be uh, there hanging out watching NCAA tournament. That's where you can come find us. Excited now to get caught up with the pride of Chicago himself, Danny Burke, joining us. How to get some uh, early Burke's best bets. Danny, we're used to talking to you on Thursday, but it's it's Wednesday, no show tomorrow, no show Friday, as uh, Schmidty's out, and we're going to be carrying NCAA tournament here locally on ESPN Lincoln. So h- how are you feeling about this tournament? Are you feeling confident in, uh, in what you got for your picks coming up the next couple days? Man, you know, originally looking at this bracket, I, 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 it takes me a while to kind of just take in everything and, and get a good feel for it and how I like it. And the more research I do, obviously, the more comfortable I get, the more people – I reach out to or listen to. You get different perspectives and also help you handicap it. So I'm feeling pretty decent for the most part. There are a few games here or there that stick out where I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not so sure about this one. And I probably have like six or seven different brackets at this point. So I'm fully invested and hoping I can at least get a good ROI on one of them. Danny, as we were talking a little earlier, uh, it just – it's kind of setting into me that I probably only have 40, 50 chances left in my life to get a perfect bracket, and I'm starting to feel a little bit under the under the gun here. It's just, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. So my question to you is, not only can I, do you think, ever get a perfect bracket, do you think we ever will get a perfect bracket? <laughs> Man, I always look at it, and I'm just like, how, how has nobody gotten it before with the amount of people that do it? And, I mean, everybody has a bracket where it's like someone who joins who absolutely has no clue what they're doing, like, somebody's grandma or somebody's like long lost cousin or friend, like just somebody who doesn't care and they end up winning but it's like how after all this time has nobody gotten one it, it seems perplexing to think that but that's what makes it more exciting and i think it's better that nobody's gotten it because then everybody strives to do it every single year so it, that's kind of the allure to wanting to do it but man it's just there's always a team that you don't consider that comes through every season and that's what makes it so fun and impossible to predict I mean, it feels like the more you know with NCAA tournament, the, the worse you're going to do. Last year, I lost my family's yeah. bracket pool to my five-year-old cousin who was just picking based on logos and names. Like, it's just not fair. For some reason, that strategy seems to work more than, like you said, people who actually follow college basketball religiously. So taking advice from someone such as your uh, younger cousin may not be a terrible route to take. Well, Danny, let's get into some of these games. Let's start off with uh, the Thursday games. And the first game of the day is a big one. We have Michigan and Colorado State. A lot of people were upset that Michigan made it into the tournament, but they've been a popular upset pick against Colorado State. And uh, as I'm looking at it now, Michigan's actually the, the betting favorite. They're a one-point favorite for the uh, 11-15 game tomorrow. Yeah, and I completely understand why people would be upset based on where Michigan was seated. I feel like them and Indiana should have flip-flopped, if anything, but it's a conversation for another time. Nevertheless, I agree with where the movement's been going in this game. So Michigan opened as high, not everywhere, but in some spots as high as about a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Consensus more so seemed like three, three-and-a-half. But I agree with the movement. I like Colorado State here. And every time I've watched Michigan, I just really have not been impressed. And more so, this Colorado State team has a couple of really solid scores offensively that can control this game. They're a solid free-throw shooting team that can hit you from deep, and they don't turn the ball over too much, which is big. Plus, I saw on Twitter that their head coach was kind of ticked off because the NCAA was screwing them with their travel plans, flight plans, scheduling, and all that. So, 
I mean, obviously this is kind of just going outside the box, but I feel like that's an added chip on their shoulder. They're just going to come in even more pissed off knowing that, hey, this Michigan team, we kind of got you know, screwed on the draw, but also that, hey, the NCAA is looking down on us. They're not giving us disrespect. But aside from all those outside narratives, I do think Colorado State has what it takes. I took two and a half with them yesterday. Like you alluded to, Elijah, I mean, this thing's down to a pick right now. So I do think Colorado State wins the game, but of course be a little bit safer taking the points. But if you're torn, I do think the Rams get the job done. The second game of the uh, day tomorrow is another popular upset game. That's uh, South Dakota State and Providence. And South Dakota State, maybe some Husker fans cheering uh, for the Jackrabbits. Charlie Easley, Pius the 10th grad, former Husker, has uh, played a big role for the Jackrabbits this season. They're a two-point underdog against Providence. But again, as I said, South Dakota State's been a popular upset pick. Do you have a lean in that one? Man, you're right. And originally, I didn't consider it too much. And the more I was seeing people talk about it, the deeper I looked into it, I was like, you know what? This South Dakota State team does look like it has what it takes. And there's not that much confidence, it seems, in this Providence squad. So I did flip in a majority of my brackets and actually took South Dakota State to win this. You never want to really be on the side of the popular underdog. The public dog's always, you know, kind of not ideal, especially when you're looking at betting from, say, an NFL standpoint. You always look to fade the trendy dog. But in college basketball, obviously, it comes to fruition a lot, whether or not a lot of people are on it. I still think this is a good spot. I think Providence is not as good offensively as South Dakota State, despite what you may think of the strength of schedule. We always like to consider that. But for these type of matchups, it doesn't really matter that much, right? If you got a really good shooting team, all it takes is one game at a time for them to catch fire, and they can hang with Maybe not everybody, but a lot of these teams, Providence being one of them. So I'd go with South Dakota State here. Danny, do you have any other leans tomorrow before we get into Friday? There's, there's a couple games I'm looking at, so I just want to know if any of these are intriguing to you. we got Marquette in North Carolina, uh, where North Carolina is about a three-point favorite I'm seeing. Uh, we got Creighton in uh, San Diego State, Creighton a two-point underdog. And then uh, uh, another game I like, uh, not really for the – the, the neutral, but somebody who follows college basketball, Murray State and San Francisco looks intriguing. Murray State's a one-point favorite. Any of those games uh, intriguing to you? Yeah, you're, you're over a lot of them that I like, actually. Really quick, I will say one of the playing games I like tonight is Wright State over Bryant. I won't go too okay. crazy about the analysis, but I just like Wright State in that game, money line. Um, aside from that, you mentioned North Carolina and Marquette. I like the Tar Heels here. They opened up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They went up to as high now as about three in the hook. And I get that North Carolina is kind of an up-and-down team, but they're a very good free-throw shooting team. And I keep bringing back free-throws because that's the number one thing that grinds my gears with basketball, especially college basketball. And it's so important at this stretch of the season come tournament time. That and limiting turnovers, right? And North Carolina does a really good job on both fronts. Marquette's been even more of a volatile team than North Carolina. So I like the Tar Heels there. I laid a steeper price on the money line with them. Another team I like, I like Memphis over Boise State. I think Penny Hardaway's squad will live up to the hype, and they're just more talented than Boise State. and will outscore them, plain and simple as that. And you talked about Murray State and San Francisco. I know Ken Palm's got San Francisco actually ranked pretty high, but I like Murray State here. I laid about minus buck 20 with them on the money line. I think they can take care of business against San Francisco, despite a lot of people maybe going the other way. I got to go with John Moran's former squad. Yeah, and Murray State, only two losses on the season. I know you can talk about strength of schedule playing in a lesser conference, but 30 and 2. I mean, the, the results are there. They've been winning games. Yeah, for sure. And, and also, really quick, I know because I didn't want to skip over this, I was trying to remember the other game you said. 
Uh, that San Diego State and Creighton one, man, I mean, I'm curious what you're thinking. I know you, obviously, being there in Nebraska, follow, even if you don't like to, Creighton pretty closely. I flipped on this game. I originally had Creighton as the victor in this matchup, but then I changed last. I just think San Diego State's defense is going to be the difference maker in this game. I kind of like the Aztecs in that one. Yeah, Creighton's been hot as of late. That's probably a, a game I'm just going to stay the hell away from um, because – you know, you don't. You never want to bet with your heart, and that's one of those ones where I, I think with the local squad, Omaha, uh, I, I, I probably bet a little too much with my heart. Danny, uh, I'm gonna keep you on the line here. We're gonna do a, another segment with you to, to wrap up our one, and uh, we'll be back with more of Burke's best bets coming up after the break as uh, we get into the Friday games. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in here, more time with Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets, as we get uh, some more NCAA tournament betting action previews. Danny Burke, Danny's Dimes, whatever you want to call it. I'm excited to get another segment with Danny Burke here as we get into the Friday slate of March Madness games. And Danny, the first one of the day on Friday, another intriguing matchup between Ohio State and Loyola of Chicago. Loyola has been really good in the NCAA tournament for the past couple years, but they got a new head coach here, another matchup against Ohio State. And I'm seeing this one as a pick there's always a matchup or two, and this season it seems like this is the one where I'm going 50-50 on the multiple bracket entries. I've slipped yep. from Ohio State to Loyola, Chicago, and we know that Sister Jean and that Rambler squad is always due for an upset here or there, but, man, Ohio State, how can you trust them, right? I think if I did have to go with it, I would probably lean toward the Ramblers because of the foundation they built since their historical run a couple seasons back, and even them defeating the University of Illinois last season, whereas Ohio State, I mean, what, they've lost the last four out of five games, including a loss at home to Nebraska, including a loss against Penn State, and then on the road against Maryland by double digits. I know they have high-caliber talent and some studly players and can hang with almost anybody, but again, they're just so untrustworthy, and at the most important time of the year, every time I ask an expert, you know, oh, what advice do you have going down into the stretches? Well, that's a team that's hot. And a team that comes to mind, for example, in that kind of situation is Virginia Tech, right? Yep, Virginia Tech yep. against Texas is a very intriguing matchup, but that's a team that kind of fits the bill for that. But going back to what you're saying, Elijah, I think, again, if I had to give the slight lean, I would go with Loyola, but nothing would surprise me there. So, like I said, I'm kind of splitting it in my brackets, and from a betting standpoint, I'm staying the hell away from it, but I think that's a fascinating matchup. Yeah, you mentioned Virginia Tech and Texas. Personally, I'm uh, I'm riding the Hokies here. They had a great ACC tournament, took down Duke, a great run, a hot team. I, I think Virginia Tech wins that one. I-, I was shocked to see, honestly, that Virginia Tech wasn't favored despite being a lower seed than Texas. They've just been so hot. Yeah, I think people are kind of just really not buying into them despite them getting on a nice little heater throughout the conference tournament. They just had the higher expectations with this Longhorn team going into the season, throughout the course of the season, and now you're going, okay, well, maybe the magic finally dies for this Hokies team. But I'm with you, man. I think Virginia Tech is a team that could definitely get past Texas. Uh, Texas excuse me. And I wouldn't be insanely shocked to think that they could get into the next round as well. But I'm not going to go out on a limb and say it's going to happen. I'm just going to say I would not be surprised. Danny, I'll just let you know right now, Virginia Tech, I have them going to the uh, Elite Eight in my brackets. So that's a bit of a hot oh, take, baby. but I like Virginia Tech. Last game I'll get from you before I open it up to you and see if there's anything else you like is Colgate and Wisconsin. I may be playing a little bit 
too much recency bias here, but Colgate's been good as of late. Wisconsin's kind of been going the other way. Not a great finish to the year against Nebraska and the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Wisconsin's an eight-point favorite, but I think I like Colgate. Yeah, Wisconsin's become my arch nemesis during the end of the stretch of this college basketball season. You know, I've told you and Schmitty, I don't really get involved too much betting-wise until the end. And Wisconsin's been involved in a couple of my handicaps, and they've screwed me whether I'm betting on them or against them. And realistically, aside from my personal bias, I'm kind of with you here, man. I I would not be surprised to see Colgate win. I, I have it in one of my brackets, Wisconsin losing in the first round. Realistically, I think the ceiling for this Wisconsin team is the Sweet 16, just getting there. I really have no faith in this squad. In that side of the bracket, man, hey, if I'm not mistaken, I think Miami is in that side. I think the Hurricanes can make a deep run. They're not seated too high, but they are a lethal shooting team. If they catch fire, I have them going as far as the Elite Eight in one of my brackets. Well, there he is, Danny Burke with Burke's Best Bets, letting you know uh, what the action is for the NCAA tournament coming up this weekend. Danny, appreciate your time today. Appreciate you, you hanging around and going two segments with us, and good luck on all your picks this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You guys as well. Good luck with your brackets, and Elijah, good luck beating your little cousin this year. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity dot com backslash subscribe promo code gbr welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmitz into hour two here on a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson filling in today for Chris Schmidt, who is on his way down to Arizona visiting his family, hitting the golf course, getting tanned into a Greek god. We'll have Chris back next week as uh, he is going to be enjoying his NCAA tournament down in Arizona. We're going to be enjoying our NCAA tournament, me and Will, at Longwell's tomorrow and Friday. We'll be there from 11, uh, probably not until close, but uh, we'll we'll be there for a while. Be there uh, checking out NCAA tournament games. We are uh, awaiting Bill Dolman getting in to the live stream, which will be going here in just a second on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter accounts. As uh, Bill is here, he needs to uh, connect his camera uh, before uh, we can add him to the stream, if Bill can hear us here, Bill, that's all we're waiting for is uh, you adding a camera. Excited, though, to get caught up with the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, as uh, we got some Husker football things to get into. We uh, talked back in hour one about some of the uh, the comments on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast, as they would say, no free shout-outs. But we'll uh, give them a bit of a shout-out here. They, they did give us some good content to get into this week, good interviews with Casey Thompson, uh, Garrett Nelson, as well as uh, Coach Frost and Coach Chenander. Uh, they uh, gave me good listening material when I was out in Denver. They gave me good listening material on the way back home to Lincoln. And uh, Bill is now out of the live stream. So uh, we'll 
reach out to him. I'll, I'll shoot him a text and, uh, and see what we're running into. We might just have to give Bill a call today. Uh, but, uh, oh, so, sorry, Will, I forgot to turn your mic on. What was that? Oh, it's good. He, he, he will figure it out, Bill. Uh, Bill Dolman, he knows what he's doing. He's uh, he was, Of course, he's been working for NBC for the past who knows how long, so he knows how to do this. I'm sure the technology just isn't agreeing with him. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll see here. Oh, oh, we may have Bill. I'm, I'm seeing Bill. Yep, there he is. Bill, do you have us? I think so. Yes. We hear you there loud you and clear. No, no, no echoes, no, no problems, no nothing. You know, we're just winging it, and I think we threw it against the wall, and it's stuck. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. Uh, so we'll get the live stream going here. So if uh, you're listening on your radio and you want to see the beautiful faces of myself, <laughs> Will Wilson, and Bill Dolman, uh, check us out, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook page, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter page, or if you're listening in the podcast version too, uh, these are archived, so you can go back and, uh, and check them out. Uh, you can also see me wearing my... Denver Broncos, 1996 uh, AFC Western Division champ sweatshirt. I am excited, if you can't tell, about Russell Wilson and Randy Gregory on their way to Denver. And, Bill, that's where I want to start us off. Russell Wilson officially introduced yesterday. We also had the uh, the crazy news yesterday of Randy Gregory agreeing to a deal with the Cowboys, making a U-turn, uh, heading for Denver. And, and that's where I want to start off. We, we got to see the potential of Randy Gregory. At Nebraska, I mean, just an incredible athlete. Had numerous problems in, in the NFL. Seems to have turned a corner now, though. And now that he's in Denver, uh, I know I was just in Denver. I know the, the excitement level is palpable in Denver. Uh, and and you, I mean, being there in Denver full-time, it, it feels like just uh, different energy, especially with the Broncos and with the AFC West as a whole. You come to Denver and you don't call? <laughs> Okay. Uh, Busted. In my defense, I have family in Denver. Was visiting with them. Only was there for a couple of days. We we had, we we were booked up. We were booked up. Yeah, there is a uh, there is a good vibe about the Broncos. Um, you know, it really it really kind of started with, and I and I don't want to pour dirt on John Elway, but the move of John Elway out of the position that he was in. Um, you know, people have really forgotten what he did for this organization so many years ago. And then without him, there is no Peyton Manning in Denver. But maybe it was time, as, as we talk about with certain things, for somebody to move on from the position they were in. So bringing in George Peyton as the decision maker, Joe Ellis, I think, is either gone or going to be uh, moving on. Mm -hmm. And to get Peyton in, um, you know, the new coach, and all of a sudden that name is escaping me. Uh, Hackett, Hackett, and Nathaniel Hackett. Um, you know that created a lot of excitement because people thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. But like I said last week, you know this whole Russell Wilson thing was like, oh, bomb, bombshell, a blockbuster. It's hard to believe. People have been talking about Russell Wilson in Denver for two years. So to me, this is kind of old news. It was just when is this going to happen? And it finally has. But George Payton has done what he was supposed to do, and that was kind of shake things up. And then the Randy Gregory thing, I think that's a really good hire. Now, you know, I pray that it does not lead me not into temptation with Randy Gregory because we know the issues that he had early on in his NFL career. And there's a lot of temptation with, you know, some of his past problems here in Denver, let's face it. Um, but he does seem to have gotten his life around, turned his career around. I, I don't think he is the – one of the premier pass rushers, but he is certainly one of the most athletic pass rushers in the NFL. And, you know, maybe it's going to be a real good fresh start for him as he moves on to the second half of his career. So I'm excited that, that he's here. 
And now really everybody's jacked about what's going to happen with the draft and what the Broncos are going to do with what they have. But there's a lot more energy here than there was with Vic Fangio. Yeah. Uh, I thought was, you know, I thought Vic Fangio was, was a decent hire. You know, they needed to improve on, on defense. And I think their defense was better, but man, they just couldn't score points. And as it's been pointed out, Russell Willis Wilson, I think in every year of his NFL career, something has always averaged at least 21 points per game. And in the last 10 years, the Broncos have only averaged 21 points per game, like four times or something. And that was a, the Manning era. So uh, yeah, everything is turning positive for Denver. And now the excitement is for what they'll do in the draft. And Bill, you mentioned Fangio. I feel bad for Fangio because of the the carousel of quarterbacks he had to deal with whenever he was here. Always had elite oh. defenses, and then as soon as he leaves, the Broncos finally go make a splash and go get Russell Wilson. Feel a little bit bad for him in that sense. Yeah, I, I do uh, because I think he was a decent guy, and I think he was a good defensive coach. I and mean, he might be that kind of coach that you're just going to be a great coordinator. You know, and there are coaches that are that way. You know, we've had him at Nebraska. That you know, like Charlie McBride was a great defensive coordinator. Would Charlie been a good head coach? Maybe, but man, he was a superstar DC, right? And I think maybe Fangio's probably best suited for something like that. You know, in the NFL, you've got the the Martindales and guys like that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys, Frazier, you know, that are good defensive coordinators, and maybe that's what his best deal is. But then you know, he got Drew Locke. You know, I just don't think Drew Locke was mature enough to be an NFL quarterback. Everybody mm-hmm. liked how yep. hip he was. But, you know, they, they, the Broncos, just in terms of maturity and leadership, upgraded with Russell Wilson and Teddy Bridgewater, for that matter. I, I just think be, instead of being a good quarterback, I, I think Drew Locke played quarterback, you know, played the role of quarterback. Uh, so that's that's an upgrade. But yeah, Fangio was saddled with him, just like some of the other coaches, Paxton Lynch. You know, the Broncos have done awful in drafting quarterbacks, as evidenced by the best by the best guys in Buffalo, probably. Bill, really fast here before we get to some Husker football news. We are in preliminary discussions of a Hale Varsity Roadshow from Denver next year. Are you in? Well, yeah. Well, you didn't call me when you were here, but maybe. I don't know. You gotta call me if you get me to town. But, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if the Broncos have Russell Wilson and it's an intriguing matchup, I think we should get on the road, get out to Denver, get Bill Dolman on the show, and go catch a Broncos game. You can do it for my living room. What the heck? That would be good, too. I've never been to an NFL game. Been to a Rockies game, though. Those are fun. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was a good time. I guess you're not a Rockies fan, so that helps. No, I'm not a Rockies fan. If you're going for, rooting for the Rockies, you're going to have a bad time. We're talking about... That, you know, hey, it's just like everything else in this town. There's not a lot of Rocky fans, but it's a fun place to go. It's a great stadium. Yep. You know, the, the passions with the Broncos, everything else is a thing to do. Yep. You know, there's a small corner of Avs fans. There's a really small corner of Nuggets fans. And Rockies <laughs> fans, you know, cheer because it's a great place to go in the summertime. Yeah. We're talking to Bill Dolman, by the way. Good to see you again, Bill. And let's get into some Nebraska football talk. I know Elijah has an NIL question for you, but I'll let you ask about that. I want to ask you about the first scrimmage that went down last Friday, and apparently there was you know, a little dust-up, a little fight after uh, Trey Palmer took one to the house. Now, you like to see that, right? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. You know, it's like, oh, you know, well, he, he scored. Hey, good job for you. No, <laughs> let's let's mix it up a little bit. Let's slow, slow walk to break it up. Let's let's see who's the feisty ones. Yeah. You know, who's going to jump in the fray without, you know, causing a penalty. But uh, uh, to me, in the spring and in the early fall, let's find out who's got the fire. 
who's willing to to jump into it and mix it up a little bit, show some passion, show some toughness, show a little bit of leadership. Like I said, just kind of slow walk and let, you know, let the players kind of break it up if they're going to. And then you grab some pads and say, hey, 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 you guys mix it up. And like I said last week, then the coaches go back into their office when they all get together and go, man, they really got after today, didn't you? I really like what I saw. You know, that's how that's all played out. But uh, yeah, sure. You know, you don't want anything stupid. You don't want, you know, some of the problems that maybe some past basketball teams in Nebraska had. I mean, way back. When am I going to get into it? But, uh, yeah, I think if, if you get on each other's nerves a little bit, that, that shows that there's some passion. I think that's a good sign. So I just talked to my question, and I'm remembering back, I think it was last summer when you filled in here on ES. You did a show here on ESPN Lincoln. I think it was last summer. And, yeah. and you were talking about – just at the time, they, they were talking about how they lowered the amount of scrimmages you can get, you know, the amount of padded practices you could get. I remember your monologue was great, and I, th- I think we're kind of seeing that because three scrimmages is just criminal to me that you can only have that many during spring. Yeah, let's don't play football in football, okay? Let's, let's, let's not do that. I mean, the, the football season to me really starts to begin in October because late August and September is just sloppy because – that's like scrimmage season, you know. Um, I, I'm I'm not one. To, and you know they're talking about doing what they did about geez, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, when they were had the running basically had a running clock. You know, the clock started on the kickoff. Now they want to have the clock continue on first downs, and they want to play the NFL game. And I remember Mike Leach. Schmitty's best friend, you know, <laughs> saying this is the, this is the best game in the world, and we're trying to have less of it. And that was a brilliant quote. And I, oh, we got player safety. Okay, is 10 plays really going to make a, that big of a difference? Maybe it is. I don't know. But to me, when you're limiting hitting, you're, you're, you're really putting guys in a vulnerable situation that the body you know, needs to get prepared for. And that's why I think September football is just really kind of sloppy, you know, from fundamentals to tackling fundamentals. And I've said this for a long time. If you want to make football safer – Get rid of the helmet, get rid of the face mask, or hire a rugby coach to teach how to tackle. Because I've called rugby before, and I've seen it, and those guys bust ass on each other and get up for the most part. And no Because there's no head involved, right? Yep. Um, but to limit, limit the games and limit the time of games, I, to me, is ludicrous. Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Bill, you mentioned the, the sloppy aspect of football in August and September, and it sounds like that first Husker scrimmage was was sloppy uh, just last week. And part of that was was the defense. They weren't looking great, but another part of it was Casey Thompson, new quarterback, sounded like he had a pretty good day on Friday. And he went on busting with the boys. It would have been before the scrimmage, but uh, it was released after the scrimmage. And he talked about the NIL opportunities at Nebraska, saying if, if you're a big-name starter at Nebraska – Six figures is reasonable. And then on the, the, the Coach Frost episode of Busting with the Boys, he, he was essentially making a recruiting pitch, but he said, I think NIL could be the, the way back for Nebraska. It's, it's what sets Nebraska apart from a lot of these other universities that Nebraska is recruiting against. So I want to get your take on it. First off, six figures for Oscar football players. I mean, ludicrous. That's more than you can make it do in radio. Uh, and then uh, on the other hand, do, do you agree? <laughs> is it Nebraska's way back? Well, again, I, I appreciate Scott listening to uh, to me when I'm on the show because I said this, you know, a year ago when they were, you know, the NIL was really starting to gain a lot of speed, and I thought Nebraska is going to be a prime candidate, you know, to to attract 
people in, in a, a lot of sports, not just football. I mean, Lexi's son did quite well in volleyball, you know, uh, Lawrence Diverns, I'm sure. Um, uh, Nicklin Hames, you know, those kinds of players. The reason why Nebraska and the NIL is a, is a, is a great opportunity is a fertile ground is because you have a chance to be the star. If you're going to go out to Los Angeles and, and you're going to get an NIL deal at USC or UCLA, you're behind the Rams, the Dodgers, the Lakers, the Clippers, on and on and on and on. And, and you are, you are a, a, a pebble of sand on the seashore. At Nebraska, you're the starfish. You know, you are standing out and people will, will see you. And to me, yeah, uh, now you're not going to compete with Texas A&M. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talk about sugar daddies. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. You know, they're, they're just got when, when the NIL started at Texas A&M, they just opened up their pockets like they were oil wells gushing oil. Right. <laughs> but Nebraska has the opportunity because y- y- the University of Nebraska Athletics is so important to the state. It's part of the culture and you can do very well. And yeah, it's attractive. Are you going to make AM money? Probably not. But it, it, like Casey Thompson was saying at Texas in Austin, you know, the Longhorns are big, but within this community of Austin, I mean, there's just so much else going on there. Right. So are you going to make millions in Lincoln? Probably not, but can you do well? Yes, definitely. I, I hate to see what I heard, but you know, like the kid of Florida State or something's going to hold out until they gets seven figures or something. Oh, That's you know, it's crazy. You know, now, now you've got high school kids and you know juniors and seniors in high school who are trying to get their in ideals lined up, and mm-hmm. I, that's it's dangerous. But I think for the right perspective on it, I think Nebraska is probably really well suited to do well with players with players who have a good perspective on what they can do in the NIL and say, look, if I go to Nebraska, I'm not going to hold out, but I'm going to do quite well. Bill, last thought here, about five, 10 seconds. I see you're wearing your blue today. You're rolling with Creighton in the NCAA tournament. Oh, no, no. You're loyal, Bill. Not, Thank and you. not Kentucky, although I got Kentucky in my final four. I think Tennessee is the best team, but I, I pick Gonzaga just because I want them to win it. Let's stop talking about Gonzaga winning it. But I think Tennessee might be the best team. There he is. Bill Dolman's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Bill, have a good weekend. Enjoy the NCAA tournament. We'll talk to you next week. I wore this because it was free. And go Big Red! Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio.
Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson taking you through this Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Just heard from Bill Dolman. Uh, it was good stuff. If you missed it, you can catch the live stream on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook or Twitter, uh, or you can also check it out on ESPNLincoln.com as uh, you can with all of our interviews. Uh, so if you missed Danny Burke back in hour one uh, or uh, Mike Babcock back in hour one. You can catch both of those interviews posted up on ESPNLincoln.com. They should be up shortly if they're not up right now already. Uh, so uh, that's where you find those. But uh, we're excited now to welcome in Steve Merrick, Hale Varsity Magazine, covering women's basketball and baseball, both of which are going to be big topics here today as the Husker women in action on Friday against Gonzaga. We'll get a preview from Steve on that here in just a second. But Steve, first, I know you're down at Haymarket Park today covering the Huskers. Huskers winning in dramatic fashion. I need to get the breakdown first of the walk-off, the Huskers comeback, and then also of, I mean, reports on Twitter seem to say a bit of a scuffle after the game, after the walk-off. Let us know what happened, what went down today at Haymarket Park. Yeah, so uh, um, Nebraska was trailing by, or actually uh, Garrett Anglum, um, redshirt freshman from Topelian La Vista, he had a... Uh, um, RBI, RBI single that tied the game at five, and then um, E. Fry Cervantes steps to the plate with the bases loaded, two outs, and he delivers a um, RBI single and, and to win the game, walk off fashion. And um, as he is running to first, he gives the old uh, goodbye wave to, to the Aggie dugout, and uh, that caused a little bit of a commotion. And uh, um, uh, on my viewing, it seemed like uh, Nebraska's first base coach um, saw what happened immediately and and made his way to the New Mexico State dugout, um, and it looked to me like he was already apologizing uh, for Cervantes' uh, um, little wave there. Um, and just uh, discussion took place, and, and Will Bolt and his staff came together, and the Aggie staff came together. Um, they, they talked it out for a, for a few seconds, but at the end of the, at the, end of the scuffle, they just uh, sort of just uh, um, a lot of handshakes were, were handed out and some pats on the chest, and, and everything was, was good to go. So, um, nothing, nothing came of it, but yeah, a little bit of a, a, a wave from Cervantes kind of um, had, had everybody kind of um, chatting, I guess, at the end of this one. We're talking to Steve Merrick. Steve, uh, Drew Christo got his first start today down at Haymarket Park, and, and I know it didn't quite go uh, that well, but what what'd you see from Drew in, in, after this start? I mean, do you think we could see him more in that starting spot? Yeah, look, uh, Drew's a talented kid, and he's he's in a tough uh, situation. He's trying to find himself right now, and and you know everybody's kind of looking at him with you know the the major league draft and and everything um, that that he almost that he almost went to. But uh, you know he's he's just learning learning how to learning how to pitch in the college game right now, and I, I think he's he has a very very bright future. He's a very talented, smart kid, and and the success will come. But right now he's just you know, learning the game and trying to and trying to work through a rough patch uh, to start the season, and that's tough for for a very young kid, or 18, 19 year old. So, um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't um, guess that he he'd have a lot of um, more opportunities here, but that's that's a decision for for Will Bolton, and you know what, maybe throw him back out there sometime soon just to just to try to get him going, um, try to get him some confidence because that's what he needs right now is just to go out there and have a a successful showing. 
Steve Merrick's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Steve, last thought here on baseball before we get to some Husker women's basketball. And that's just the weekend and I guess the week that's been for Husker baseball. You started off on, on Sunday with what is probably the most disappointing loss of the year against uh, Nebraska-Omaha. You followed up, come back to Lincoln, and now you've won three straight. You're undefeated at home. It's Is it... I guess my question here is, were we overreacting early in the season? Were we overreacting on Sunday whenever we were down in this Husker baseball team? Now that they've gotten back home, it seems that they've figured some things out, maybe even turned a corner. They're, they're looking grittier uh, than we saw early in the year, more akin to that team we saw last season. Do we think that th- this Husker baseball team has started to get things figured out? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question because when you, when you look at baseball, there's so, many, there's so many games, so many series, right? So it's just... Um, not every team is going to be lighting up scoreboards um, um, and, and pitching uh, uh, shutouts here uh, early in the season. It's still really early in the season, and I think that you know, with so many games and so many series, you know, it, it takes time for teams to find their way. Just like we we're talking about with Drew on the mound, it's just they have a lot of new faces in the lineup. They they lost a lot of a lot of core guys from last season's team that made that. Uh, regional final and you know it's it's going to take time and and there's plenty of time to work through this and and with like you like you mentioned with the game the series against um omaha and how those games ended um took those games into the ninth inning both times and uh, i think that's kind of good for this team uh just, just to play play through games like that um games that you know you have to really work and play nine innings of of baseball to get a to get a gritty gritty win i think that's going to do this team and program really well and it's you know, it's it's good to get a lot of these young kids that they're playing some some early season reps because at the end of the season they're gonna be, they're gonna be almost like hardened veterans um, after going through all the all the stuff that they've gone through recently with these uh, walk off wins. I think three now in this in this structure. Steve, before we get you out of here, I want to switch gears and talk women's basketball as the Huskers uh, playing Gonzaga in the 8-9 matchup on Friday. And there was talk um, whenever the the bracket was released, oh, there's disrespect to Nebraska being the 8 seed here. And really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. All you got to do in the NCAA tournament is go and beat the team in front of you. So I I want to get your take here on what Nebraska faces on Friday and uh, just just the path that they uh, they face in the NCAA tournament. We know this team's young. They still have uh, experience, uh, or I should say years coming, uh, gaining experience this season. But is this season a year to gain experience, or is this a season to make some noise? Yeah, I think this is a season to gain experience, and they're, and they're uh, doing absolutely that with two, two true freshmen in the starting lineup with Alexis Markowski and uh, uh, Allison Widener from a uh, little small town, uh, Humphrey, Nebraska, so it's it's just you know them them being there the fact that they are in the NCAA tournament and they're potentially one win away from facing like a top seed like uh, Louisville um, that's that's super super impressive but you know if you if you ask uh, Amy Williams she has you know she doesn't want to talk about that she is she's all talking about uh, the Zags and and that's a and that's a very good competitive team they won the um, West Coast Conference and you know it's just. They, they are a solid program, and I, I wasn't at the uh, the media session today because I was at the baseball game. But from what I've heard, um, Amy Williams is very, very complimentary of, of Gonzaga. She's, you know, Nebraska is going to go into that game with a ton of respect for what the Bulldogs have accomplished, and you know, she thinks it's going to be a four a four quarter game, and I wouldn't be surprised that, about that um, either. You know, it's you know when you when you get this far into this season. You're a good program. You're a good team. And uh, Nebraska has faced plenty of those uh, this season in the Big Ten Conference. So, you know, it's going to be a really interesting game. 
and I can't wait to watch it and and follow along with it. We're talking to Steve Merrick, and Steve, obviously, if uh, Jazz Shelley comes out and she's on fire, that's a big thing, and we, you know, that that helps a lot. But if she doesn't, and they're really Ding her up, who is that second person that is that X factor to help us win? Oh man, I, that's a great point because if if, if Jazz isn't scoring um, like they need her to, I think some of that some of that falls on on that vet, vet veteran of or four year player in Sam Heidi. I think she is. Uh, Really, like she hasn't she hasn't gotten the three point um, shot to fall, and I know she's been working on that uh, this season, and it hasn't quite been there. But what she is really good at is when the game is in the fourth quarter and it's the final ten minutes, and the team needs a bucket, that the ball is going to find her hands, and she's going to the hoop. And I think that's just a you know that that's Sam. That that is a tough tough player, and that is that's a guard that you know you want you want with the ball in the hands in the in the fourth quarter. Um, so you know it. Of course, of course, uh, Jazz Shelley. Um, she she has been really, really successful this season. Obviously, with with all the um, passes that she's doing and all the three three point record that she got earlier in the Big Ten Conference. But uh, if, she, if she isn't going to go, and I'd say Sam Heidi is is a, is a good one to kind of look for with the if, with the game getting tight there in the fourth quarter. If it if it happens to be that. Steve, appreciate you squeezing us in here. I know you got to get back to uh, reporting on the baseball team. Appreciate you squeezing us in. We'll, we'll let you go here. But my final question is, who you got in the NCAA tournament? Who's the champion? <laughs> it's kind of funny. We were talking about the Gonzaga women's uh, basketball team, but how about the men too, right? I mean, they're just there again. Those those guys are beasts. So uh, I'll have to go with the uh, uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga Bulldogs. And, hey, Hunter Salas, he might uh, be um, in for a long uh, NCAA tournament here, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, Steve, good answer. Safe answer, but good answer. Appreciate you. You, you have a good one. And enjoy the NCAA tournament this weekend. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Elijah. Here he is, Steve Merrick, Hale Varsity Magazine. Uh, is covering the Husker baseball team, covering Husker women's basketball, which really means he's your man to follow for the past week, yeah. over the next week. Steve's your guy to follow. You can find him on Twitter at Steve underscore Merrick is where you find him. Let's check and make sure I got that right. I don't want to be the idiot who, uh, yeah, correct. Steve underscore Merrick. That's M-A-R-I-K for Merrick. That's where you find him on Twitter, and that's where you follow to get all of the best coverage of uh, Husker baseball and Husker women's basketball. Like, honestly, honestly, the perfect guy to follow for the next all right, over the weekend, next week, if the Husker women advance, that's your guy. Yeah, and he did a good job, too. And I, I'm thinking about that question, too. Is there is a chance she, when Shelly comes out and she's on fire, it helps this team so much. Mm-hmm. It's a big weapon to have. But there are have been some games when she comes out, she's not hitting like, like we're used to, or the D is figuring her out. There's got to be that extra player uh, to step it up. And we've seen teams in the tournament don't have that second player step up and they fall flat on their face. You know, that that can happen. Luckily, I think this team has three other X-Factors that can help us win. you got Markowski, uh, Bourne, and Hybe. So, you know, I th- I think I feel good about that. But if Shelly is coming out and she's hitting, uh, that's a wrap. Yep, yep. And uh, I think you laid it out perfectly there. Excited to see the Husker women in action Friday at 2.30. That should be a good one. Should be on at Longwell's as well. Uh, if it's not, we're going to effort to get it on. That game will be on TV if you come out to Longwell's on Friday oh, at 2.30. It's got to be on. It was on yeah. last time. Yeah. It's, last it, season was. Yeah. It's, it's got to be on. So uh, that's where uh, you can come catch us Friday at Longwell's. Another reminder here, get your picks in. And uh, picks for prizes, your chance at Oreo Speedwagon tickets, your chance at 
at uh, Monster Jam tickets. Uh, Monster your Jam, Bon Jovi. At, bon Jovi, that was the one I was forgetting. Mm-hmm. Bon Jovi, uh, really your uh, chance at Kansas City Royals tickets, restaurant gift cards. You're dumb if you're not putting your uh, your bracket in because there's nothing to lose. Well, the biggest prize is Royals tickets. We'll send you to the K, and uh, you'll check out a Royals game, which I'm super jealous. I'm thinking about talking to the bosses. If you win that, and you have to bring me with. Yeah. Uh, last thought here before we get you to a jock doc with Dr. Brandon Seifer that nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. So remember, your best defense in any crash is to buckle up. A message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. A jock doc's up next, Hail Varsity Radio. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, happy spring break. How are you? I am great, buddy. Yeah, happy spring break to you. And uh, you know, what a fantastic basketball tournament last week uh, for state basketball. It was great to hear you on the radio. Hey, thanks so much. It was great to have you guys down at PBA and and taking care of kids like you've done for so many years, Dr. Brandon, and interested to get your take on things. And you've got spring football going, you have spring sports, baseball and soccer. And we talk a lot about knee issues. Uh, We talk about uh, the contact and the stress versus the non-contact. And I want to focus on ACLs today, Dr. Brandon, and just from a from a re-injury rate, that's where I want to start. And there's been studies done. There's information out there. As you look at 2022, how often do you see re-injury on the same knee with an ACL? How often do you see knee injuries to the opposite knee uh, when it comes to the ACL? Yeah, it's a you know, great question. Uh, obviously, that it's it's something that uh, we do see. Unfortunately, it is out there. You know, you look at statistics, and that's the big thing. Is you take it from a statistical point of view. If you look at some of the nationwide studies that are out there, kind of the generic, uh, you know, re-injury risk of a re-tear of an ACL, like for somebody who's had a previous ACL surgery, somewhere on the order of kind of seven to ten percent. It's kind of a generic number that's been out there for a while. Um, you know, it is sports specific for some of those. There are certain sports that have a little higher re-injury risk. Um, it also can be gender specific as well. Um, we found, like, for example, in uh, female soccer players, that re-injury risk on the same leg, same extremity, is it can be very high. In fact, one of the studies that 
that was put out about two years ago showed that risk can be as high as 25 or 30 percent, which seems really, really high. I don't think it's necessarily going to end up being that high when you kind of take all comers. At any rate, I think that kind of 7 to 10 percent number is kind of a reasonable thing to look at. Um, it's probably a, a reasonable statistic. Um, that's kind of across the board, especially as you look at, you know, different graph choices. Um, you know, as we kind of take a little anatomic review here on, you know, ACL surgery, one of the things we've talked about before in the radio show is when you do fix an ACL, um, basically the term we use is called a reconstruction. So we have to remake the ACL. In order to do that, you have to use, you know, other tissue in your body to do that. And so we've talked about using like a hamstring tendon to do that, a patella tendon, that's the tendon coming off the bottom of your kneecap, or even using a quad tendon, that's the tendon coming off the top of the kneecap it's kind of three areas that we can use your own tissue to remake your acl and those honestly offer the best graph choices um, there is some uh, issues out there about you know using like a cadaver graft um, you know for our high level athletes young athletes we typically don't do that the re-injury risk with those is a lot higher than using your own tissue so we don't use those in our young athletes um, and studies will show that's not a good thing to do as somebody gets older maybe not as active you might be able to consider that somebody is older not as active but again young athletes cadaver graphs just do not work very well um, and so from that perspective kind of have to think about you know all those different graph choices do they vary in terms of overall statistics yeah they're kind of variable between studies but most of them kind of average out somewhere, I would guess, between 5 to 10% mm-hmm. is kind of a typical number. At any rate, so that is out there. It is something we worry about. And so a big thing for us is, you know, we want to try to make, you know, ACL surgery better and better and better as time goes along. And I think we've done that. But the big thing is there's always that risk of re-injury. And so as you start asking yourself questions, you know, what else can we do besides, you know, great graft tissue, using, you know, good fixation techniques, good technology, what else can we do? And some of those things kind of boil down to biomechanics. Um, and so how do we help athletes have better alignment as they return back to sports? So, for example, somebody's an athlete who, when they're competing, you kind of see their knees coming together as they jump or as they start to cut. They kind of have the, what you would say kind of a wobbly knee or their feet are kind of externally rotating out to the outside. How can we fix those biomechanics to put them in a better position so they're not at an increased risk of tearing their ACL? So those are some of the things that we're really kind of focused on right now. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us at Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. We're talking uh, repeat ACLs, uh, either uh, in the same knee or one ACL to the opposite leg. And Dr. Brandon, let's go there and just get a thought on, and I was talking to a buddy who's a weekend warrior. He's a hoopster, and, you know, one year he, he blew his left, and the next year he got back, rehabbed, was fine, blew his right. That's pretty common, not not like super common, but it, it, it's more common mm-hmm. than you'd think, right? If you say you have knee uh, knee trauma to, to the left, hey, it's not out of the realm of possibility to have that right knee also go. No, that's a great point, Chris. And, and that's a lot of the early studies looking at re-injury risk really focused on that. Um, and in some studies, it was up to a third will have an injury to the ACL on the opposite leg of the one that had the original injury. So that's a great point. We do see that a lot. You know, when you look at studies like that and think about kind of that pathology, it really does speak to there's there's probably a genetic component here to uh, some of these folks who are having these ACL tears, you know, whether it's a little bit of a what we call co- a collagen defect. Collagen kind of makes up a lot of our ligaments in the body. There's probably a, a collagen defect there that either A, 
allows for those tissues to be a little bit more lax, a little more laxity, um, or, or maybe not quite as strong. Maybe have less of a percentage on collagen. That's maybe something that's not necessarily measurable at this point, uh, but is out there. And that's probably why when, when I, t- I see so many ACL injuries in my clinic, I talk to these families, and it's really interesting to see how many of these families have kind of multiple ACLs in their family or, you know, multiple, like, meniscus tears in their family. Um, it's kind of interesting how all those things kind of relate, and there's kind of clusters of these in families. Dr. Brandon, I uh, wanted to get your take on the non-contact versus contact. And if you were to look at the re-injury ACL rate, is, is most of it just non-contact making a cut the wrong way? Mm-hmm. You know, I would say um, on the retear side, um, it, you probably see a little bit more on the contact side than you do the non-contact. Um, but when you look at, uh, and I would say kind of in my practice, that's kind of what I've seen. When you look at kind of national studies on that, it's probably kind of a mixed bag, one versus the other. You're probably going to see one study show it one way, another the other way. So when you average it all out, it probably ends up maybe being about the same. Now, first injury, you know, primary ACL injury, you actually see more non-contact type ACL tears mm-hmm. versus contact. Mm-hmm. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. We're talking ACL re-injury as spring sports are creeping up, baseball and soccer, spring football, and uh, you hope those athletes are able to uh, to go unscathed. But uh, it's, uh, it's a fact of life, and it's common to have knee issues and knee injuries. Uh, Dr. Brandon, when we, uh, when we look at, at turf, is there uh, grass versus field turf? Is there, a, is there a strong argument one way or the other uh, when, it, when it comes to the athletes, where, where they like playing real quick? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great point. There are some studies that are going on now kind of looking at, you know, what are injury risks? turf versus, you know, grass, is it higher for ACLs, you know, turf versus grass, and they're still trying to tease that out. I would say some of the early studies that are out there are kind of inconclusive, Uh, but it is interesting to think about that as we've gone to more turf, Um, you know, and is it more of just kind of a wear and tear thing, you know, the more you practice on turf, is that more wear and tear that leads to more fatigue and, you know, potentially more injuries, so all those are kind of some questions we're trying to answer with some studies, but it does bring up a really interesting point. Uh, From an athlete's perspective, um, you know, I can't say I've, I've had a lot of athletes have that discussion with me about hey doc i feel you know more at risk on turf versus grass but again i think it brings up an interesting point as we've seen you know an explosion in just sports injuries acls in general you have to start asking that question does turf maybe play a role obviously there's much more you know turf out there available so it's an interesting question dr brandon have a good week thanks for the time you bet sir take care like what you hear high quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at hail varsity I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio
Wrapping up a Wednesday show here, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I had a tweet in from Dan, speaking of the Nebraska Lottery, talking about the perfect bracket. And uh, he said it was more likely that I'd win a truck in trucks and bucks than I would uh, I'd yeah. fill out a perfect bracket. But it is. I'm still I'm still banking my luck that I'm going to do both. I'm going to get my truck and I'm going to get a perfect bracket. It's gonna I'm going to be set in life. It's, 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 I, I'm speaking into into existence. I have a better chance of hitting a pick six down at the race course before <laughs> I die than you hitting the bracket. We'll see. And pick sixes are very hard to hit. I don't think I'll ever hit one of those, but. Hey, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Well, it might not be this year. might not be next year. But 40 years from now, we'll look back and be like, yeah, he was right. We'll see. <sighs> Before we get out of here, let's get quickly into some uh, well, free agency news from a couple of sports. First off, I just want to mention, I did take a little poo-poo on the Rockies during the, the Bill Dolman segment. And now I got to come in and reel it back in. The Broncos just signed a huge deal with Chris Bryant. That's huge. Fills the hole that was left by Nolan Arenado. I think Six he years. just said the Broncos. Oh, sorry, the Rockies. Yeah. Excuse me. It's been a long day. If I had to fill in for Schmidt in the morning show this morning, don't know how the guy does it. It's unreal. And he takes a nap, I think. I took a nap today, too. So you should be fine. Didn't help. Uh, no, so the Rockies get Chris Bryant. That's big. Six years, $180 million for Chris Bryant. It's going to be fun to watch him. Just hitting bombs at Coors. The thin air at altitude. Chris Bryant, I mean, can he be a 40-50 home run guy? Yeah, but, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. But are the, the are the Rockies in win-now mode? Are they just getting this to get fans to the stadium? Uh, it's, it's to get fans into the stadium, and I think it's to have a guy that you can build the team around for the future. Doesn't sound like Trevor Story's coming back, and with the Rockies' finances, if you're giving that much money to Chris Bryant, I don't think you're going to be able to afford to bring Trevor Story back. The Rockies are not by any means a a large market team. So uh, we'll see. Cool signing. But in bigger news, uh, give me the numbers on this one. Vaughn Miller to the Bills. Huge signing for the Bills. Just announced like a couple minutes ago. And This is also a six-year deal, I think, right? Six years, and he is getting... $120 $120 million from the Bills. And now this is surprising, of course. We didn't know this was going to be happening. Uh, we heard today that the Rams were working to bring him back, but this is from Ian Rappaport. He says the Bills quietly worked on Vaughn all day, though the Rams did not quit. John McVay in particularly was tucking at his heartstrings. In the end, Buffalo wins. Uh, that is insane. So now Vaughn is out at Dallas, too. Remember, we thought he was going to be going to Dallas. So Dallas are now, they got kind of got a hole in that D-line that they got to fill. Can, can I just mention something? What's the contract? What's the, the number? Six years, 120. For reference, the contract that Vaughn Miller signed with the Broncos in his prime was six years, $114 million. Oof. He, he's making more money at age 33 than he did at age uh, 26. None of it makes sense. Does not make any sense, but for the Bills, sometimes you got to overpay whenever you just need a piece. You need a pass rusher. You need a guy who can come in. He's taken two teams to the promised land. He's 33 years old right now. I want to see what the logistics are. What's guaranteed? I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, guaranteed is maybe on leap. What, 60, half that? We'll we'll see. Maybe less. I'll just say, as a guy who's been a huge Von Miller fan, uh, one of my favorite players that I've ever gotten the the joy to watch in the NFL, I'm super happy for Von uh, to be able to, I mean, this generational wealth I have to take your career earnings over 250 million dollars great for von miller good for the bills i think it's it's good for them trying to maximize their championship window we'll be back at you saturday enjoy ncaa tournament the next couple days that's when we'll talk to you again it's hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery a huda media production